Coming up, I'm going to explain why everybody gets so offended today. And then an update on our U.S. economy. GDP reports are out. Is a recession looming? What will it look like? I'll break it all down. Let's go. Helping you win at work so that you can win in life. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Here's my aim for you. I want to coach you. I want to inform you so that you can make more money and experience more meaning and pull yourself out of the matrix that says that debt is good, work sucks, and we're just trying to make it to retirement age. I don't buy any of that crap. So let's talk about our culture and how it affects us in every area of our life, not just our work life. A few weeks ago, everybody's favorite friend, Jennifer Aniston, TV and movie star, uh, made waves, shall we say. Not for her latest haircut or color or who she was dating, but because of this quote, and I'll share it in just a moment. But first, why did she give us this quote? Well, apparently, Gen Z, young people who are now discovering Friends, the uh, uh, sitcom that was wildly popular in the 90s, they're discovering this. My, my daughter watches it. And so you got a whole new generation of young people watching Friends, and they're offended. They are offended by comments and depictions and Friends. Yeah. Right. Friends. It's offensive. Well, so someone asked her about it, and this is what she said, and I'm going to read it. There's a whole generation of people, kids, who are now going back to episodes of Friends and find them offensive. There were things that were never intentional in others. Well, we should have thought it through, but I don't think there was a sensitivity like there is now. Well, I don't agree that they should have thought it through. And I don't know if she's quite right if she says, well, there was a greater sensitivity. There was there was there was a uh, a sensitivity like there is now. It doesn't exist back then. And I, I agree with her, but it's like you don't need to be sensitive, Jen. Neither did the directors and the producers. All these young people need to not be so stinking sensitive. Everybody's offended now. And so Jennifer Aniston is pointing out something I think is right. I don't think there was a sensitivity like there is now. So why is everybody so easily offended? By the way, I'm going to be an equal opportunity offender on this. I'm going to offend everybody on both sides of the aisle today. But as I say on most shows, and I want you to hear me, if you're new to the show, and, and this is going to make you uncomfortable, can I challenge you to be provoked today? Not offended. Can I just challenge you to let me push you and provoke you to think, not to be offended? I'm just going to challenge you, because I don't mind if you disagree with me. I just want you to understand me. Big difference. Do you realize that you don't have to agree with someone to understand them? And this is part of the problem. Here we go. Here we go. These are my notes. Nobody wrote these for me. Dave Ramsey didn't. Alex Chatfield didn't. This is all me as is every day on the show. Just for a disclaimer. 
I write my content. These are my notes. Why are people so easily offended? Here it is. You want to write it down? You want to debate it in the comments? Here we go. The reason we live in the most sensitive time in history, why everyone is so easily offended is one reason and one reason only. We, for the last several decades, have put too much emphasis on feelings instead of thoughts. I wish I could pinpoint a specific moment. I cannot. But over the last, and I'm going to call it two, two and a half decades, we as a culture have put too much focus on our feelings and not enough focus on our thoughts. We'd be smarter. We'd be kinder if we actually learned how to think. And if we put more focus on thoughts instead of feelings, we would not be in this woke, scared sewage that we're in in this world. And that's what I think it is. If you spend most of your day woke and pissed off, if you spend most of your day scared, you are living in sewage. Life's not meant to be lived that way. You should have control of your life to the point that your thoughts and feelings are largely regulated to where you don't spend most of your time mad or scared. How exhausting is that existence, by the way, to spend most of your day mad and scared? But here's what happened. We started worrying about everybody's feelings and kids' feelings, and so here's what happened. Back in my day, and I'm going to take you back, all right? Here's my old man rant. Back in my day, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 74. So you talk about mid-70s and 80s. Let me tell you something. If I came home crying because Timmy called me a name, you know what my mom would say? It would go something like this. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Well, you know what? Don't act like Timmy, because now you understand how it feels. And that was about it. Maybe a hug. Also, now somewhere along the line, parents started freaking out, and they wanted to protect their kids from harm, which I understand that. I have three kids. But we got to the place where parents, we cared more about how our kids feel, meaning we want them to feel good instead of teaching them how to do good and be good. And maybe we don't need to go to the school and be a helicopter parent and freak out and threaten the school and lose your mind because some other kid was mean to your kid. How about you teach your kid how to deal with mean people? Because I got news for you. The world is full of mean and hateful people. And so the answer, parents, is not to try to create a world where nobody says anything because if we do that, then there's no chance they'll say anything harmful. The result is we need to teach our kids how to think and deal with someone who says something that is in real life racist or sexist or whatever. It's not try to remove all thought. It's try to teach our kids and teach ourselves how to deal with something like that. So what happened? Well, so now it's all about my feelings. And so if somebody says something on cable news or on the internet or Facebook or whatever that is in disagreement with me, I let my feelings lead my response. Oh, that's, I don't appreciate that. 
they said that and it just offends me. And so then we lose our minds. And so it's a fight about everything. Instead of going, what's behind someone's emotion and thought process to say something like that? What can I learn from that? I've got a lot of friends that are very, very liberal. and We get along great. I'm very conservative, in case you didn't know. But I love talking with my liberal friends. You know why? Because I learn more about why they believe what they believe. What from their experience and their environment growing up leads them to take that position? And guess what? I don't get offended by it. I get provoked to think, and now I understand why they do what they do. And it makes me even more confident in what I believe. Stop feeling everything and start thinking some more. Bringing you common sense in a world where it's not very common. I'm Ken. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Uh, If you're enjoying the show, and more and more of you are, we're seeing great growth on YouTube and podcasts, and so I'm going to ask you to help me spread the word. That we don't have to live in fear, that we can be clear. And this dude is going to help you. Uh, And the way you can do that on YouTube is if you're watching a video right now, give us a like. Just hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And feel free to share one of the videos. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, by the way, Alex, the producer, told me we're, we're really doing uh, big numbers on Spotify. So can I just give some love to everybody that's on Spotify right now? Come on. Thank you very much. Uh, follow us if you haven't and uh, share an episode. By the way, uh, for, for years now, you have heard me say that our public education system is broken because it is doing two things. It is burning teachers out at an alarming rate, and it is creating test takers, not pathfinders. And and I've been exposing that problem. Teachers are, are loving the message, most of them. Uh, parents are, are resonating with all the stress their kids have, all about a standardized test score. Well, now I've done something about it. I've created a curriculum called Foundations in Career Discovery. And uh, it's only $49.99 for one student for one year. It's home study. You parents can do it alongside your child. But for the first time, something that the schools do not offer but should is a curriculum to help your kids see their uniqueness as I teach on this show every day, what they do best, talent, what they love to do, enjoy to do, passion, and what results motivate them, a sense of mission. If you know that about yourself, I got good news for you. You'll see your future and you'll be confident to chase it, I promise. And we're going to unveil this. we got a great panel of high school students that I talk with throughout the curriculum. Uh, we've got teacher account for you, the parent, uh, some resources for you to have the right conversations with your kid, uh, and then progress tracking and a grade book. Because parents, you can pull yourself, your kids out of the matrix. Your kids don't have to be like millions of high school students who are on a conveyor belt. Watch this. They're on a conveyor belt in public education, and they're headed on this conveyor belt to a college they cannot afford and a degree they cannot use. Woo! I said it. It's true. KenColeman.com slash student. KenColeman.com slash student. All right. Here's, uh, Here's an update on where we are financially, and I've got news for you. You can be recession-proof. Ramsey Solutions is absolutely positioned 
to help you be recession-proof. I'll be on The Ramsey Show this afternoon with Dave Ramsey, everything we teach through our baby steps and our financial peace, our core curriculum, which has helped millions and millions of people become recession-proof. So where do we stand in this economy? It's a weird economy. The U.S. economy, the news is in, grew at 1.1% rate in quarter one of 2023. We just got the first quarter numbers in. That's weak. But our feckless Fed chair, Jerome Powell, this bonehead, is excited about it. He's so excited about it that later this uh, this this next week, uh, next week, as I talk about it today, next week, he's probably going to raise, he and the Fed are going to raise interest rates for the 10th time, probably by another quarter point. Keep in mind, this is the same moron who said he wanted to drive unemployment up. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, the Commerce Department showed that the nation's gross domestic product, this is the broadest gauge of economic output and gross domestic product, for those of you who didn't pay attention in, uh, what was it, fifth or sixth grade, is, is, is the value of goods and services that are produced in the U.S., right? So any business that's doing something, they either have a good, a product, or a service, all right? So this is how we measure our economy, the gross domestic product. Well, it shrank. Um. 3.2% GDP from July through September of 2022. So that's a third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter of 2022, it was at 2.6%. So it's gone down 3.2% to now 1.1%. So there's no question, folks, this is real stuff. The GDP is shrinking. But what does that mean to you? I'll tell you in a second. Consumer spending, that's you. That's you spending money. Accounts for about 70% of U.S. economic activity. Well, this remained resilient. It grew at a 3.7% annual pace. This is the fastest such rate in nearly two years. So, we got to wake up, folks. You know why inflation is still stubborn? Do you know why consumer spending is growing at a fast rate? Because wages are at an all-time high. Salaries and hourly rates are at an all-time high. You know this because you're seeing it at your receipt, or in your receipt rather, at restaurants, in the grocery store, and retail stores. If you got to pay a kid at Burger King 3 or $4 more an hour for him to show up and work, they're going to pass it on to you in your Whopper combo. This is Economics 101. A lot of eggheads refuse to acknowledge this. But this is called a capitalistic society. Those greedy capitalists. Well, wait a second. What, what do you, what, businesses are not supposed to make money now? Let's see how that works out, Sparky, when they fire you because they can't afford you. I don't know. I don't I I just don't know. And, and see, this is this this leads back to my first segment. Americans get their feelings hurt and they don't think. Well, I can. I just got a raise, and I can barely afford the inflation. Then cut something, doofus. But consumers are spending more. It's the it's the natural habit of humans. Give me more money, I spend more. And that's what the Fed did. Jerome Powell, 
And by the way, you can't just blame this on Biden because it was under Trump, too. So those of you that are like starting to come up with a reason to get offended, I told you I was going to offend everybody today. Both parties are responsible for this crap. I'd fire everybody in Washington if you want to know what I believe. Every one of them. Everybody. The White House, Congress, start all over. All of them. Both parties are culpable here. Just so if everybody can just understand what I'm saying, this is not about politics. I'm not making a political statement. I'm talking to you about economics. And so the Fed chair has, has, has done all this. So let, let's look at this. Because of the interest rate hikes, nine so far, expecting a tenth next week, the surge in borrowing costs is expected to send the economy into a recession sometime this year or early 2024. And so that's going to freak everybody out. Now, again, what did I tell you at the start of the show? Get your feelings under control. <laughs> oh, no, everyone says there's a recession coming. Ah, what do I do? Joe, Trump, my congressman, help me. Ah. I mean, this is what people do when they hear the word recession. They freak out, and the news knows it. That's why they talk about it all the time. Now, you're laughing. I love the studio audience. But am I right? That's what they do. And everybody freaks out because we get our feelings involved. Okay, let's just talk. Let's just do real talk. Consumer spending right now is at, at an increase of 3.7% in the teeth of inflation. Joe Biden and Donald Trump and your congressman and your senator aren't telling you to spend 3.7% more. You're doing that. Bless your heart. You're the problem. What do you do to become recession-proof? The short answer is, I need to save more money. I need to maybe not spend so much. But American consumers aren't doing that. The numbers don't lie. I've said this before. Let me, let me give you an economic lesson. Now, this will never happen, Alex. But I wish I could launch a website today, right? What if I got Dave Ramsey to agree to this? And we, we came up with a website, and I'm making this up. Don't anybody go to this website, because I don't even know if it's a website. But let's just play this out. Oh, I got, I'm running out of time. Can I keep this going? I can't. I'm going to keep it going. I'm about ready to drop an unbelievably simple idea on you on how we could stop inflation. We the people. It's going to blow your mind. But you won't want to do it. All right, folks. Welcome back. I'm 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 on a uh, I'm on a real high right now because I'm just I'm spitting out so much common sense right now. I should probably be taken off the air. It's probably too much for the feeble minds out there. Uh, but here's how we can get control of inflation and probably help a recession be much milder. You ready? This is all you folks. This doesn't require legislation, a vote, a constitutional amendment. And requires some gumption. Here's how we do it. What if we launched a website today? And it was 
slash spending for 90 days.com. I'm making this up, right? Whatever. We'd come up with a much better campaign than that. But what if we got tens of millions, hundreds of millions of Americans for 90 days to not go out to eat, to cut your grocery bill way back, don't buy any new clothes, new shoes? Now, some of you are going, Ken, you are so evil. That would put people out of business. Well, yes, maybe. But you know what it would do? You'd watch inflation go like this. It's called supply-demand, folks. You learned about it in fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. See, companies will respond when demand wanes. So instead of Jerome Powell raising interest rates and forcing pain, what if we, the people, said, you know what? We're going to do our civic duty. And it's actually going to help us out. We're going to save a bunch of money for 90 days. We're going to save as much money as absolutely possible. What I mean by saving is we're not going to spend. And watch the cost of cars, the cost of combos, the cost of everything go down. We don't need the Fed chair to jack up interest rates. What we need is an educated American public who had a sense of discipline, a sense of perspective to say, you know what? We just need to stop spending, but we but we, we won't do that. It would take some type of campaign, but then a lot of idiots would get offended by it, and who knows, and then we're back into this stupid merry-go-round of feelings. Here's the point I'm making. You are recession-proof if you decide to cut expenses. You decide to save. You decide to pay off your debt. You decide to live like no one else, as Dave Ramsey has said for decades. I tell you who is never worried about a recession. People that are debt-free. They're just not worried about it. Is it a pain in their you-know-what? Sure. It's like, yeah, kind of. They got margin, baby. You know what they really have? Freedom. 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 Free to live the life that you want to live. No matter who's in office. All right. Made my point there. Let's keep going. I'm all on fire today. Okay, so here we are coming into another spring, and that means we've got a fresh crop of millions of high school students who are going to walk across the platform and take too many pictures and make too many parents cry. I'll be there next year. I'll be in the front row snotting all over my tie when I see Ty walk across the platform. I mean, I get it. But it's become big business. And I'm going through it right now. I had to sit in my first college advisory meeting with my oldest son the other day. And folks, you know how hard I had to bite my tongue. I almost bit it off. This is a very nice young man. And I'm sitting there like this, and my wife's looking at me going, behave yourself. I'm the guy that goes on the air almost every day and says, look, college is overrated. It's a big machine. Higher education honchos care more about their fortunes than your futures. Woo, somebody ought to share that one. It's a marketing message, and it has duped parents for decades 
by giving us this cultural message that says if you want your kid to be successful, they got to go to college, implying that if you don't go to college, you're a loser. Let me just tell you something. If your kid doesn't belong in a classroom because they're not built for it and they're built for something else, get over it, parents. Let them go do a trade and watch them move up the ranks and eventually own their own business and employ people and change the lives of other people. Who cares if they get dirt under their fingernails? College has become about status, not success. Woo! I have the data to prove it. This is the Princeton Review and their annual College Hopes and Worries survey. They've been doing this now for over 20 years. Here are some of the findings, and boy, oh boy, is this pathetic. Questions to parents and their responses. What do you estimate your child's college degree will cost, including four years of tuition, room and board, fees, books, and other expenses? 44% of parents said more than $100,000. 25% said seventy-five dollars to $100,000. So combined, 69% of parents estimated their kid's four-year degree would come in at more than $75,000. Now, the data shows that most kids, the majority of kids, and it escapes me right now if you can look it up, the majority of kids are spending more than five years at school. The parents are just swallowing this. Look, it's going to be expensive, but we'll figure it out. I keep going. How necessary? Again, questions for parents. Will financial aid, education, loans, scholarships, or grants be to pay for your child's education? 54% of parents said extremely necessary. 28% said very. I don't know what the difference is between very and extremely. Bottom line, 82% said they will have to rely on financial aid. They cannot pay for it. What's your biggest concern about your child's college applications? 42% said the level of debt that I or my child will take on to pay for their degree. 27% said, my greatest concern is that they'll get into their first choice, but we won't be able to afford it. Do you see a pattern developing here? Next question, when it comes to choosing which college you or your child will attend, which of the following do you think it will most likely be? 43% said, the college that's the best overall fit. Only 8% said, the college that will be the most affordable. It's the best fit, but we can't afford it. Only 45%, by the way, Alex is in my ear, only 45% of American college students are graduating within four years. So these numbers are already skewed. Folks, parents are buying the marketing message to where they're not even making sense. Only 8% are most concerned that a college will be most affordable. It's like, well, we can't afford it. We'll just get through it. We'll just do the debt like we did. And many of these parents, by the way, are still paying off their own debt. It's just mind-numbingly stupid. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense when you look at this. What will be the biggest benefit of your child getting a college degree? 46% of parents said potentially Better job and higher income. That's been the message that's been crammed down our throats. The world's changing, folks. Delta Airlines, the world's largest airline, removed the college degree. I don't know if it's uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers or one of the other big accounting firms. Removed the college degree for 
their staff accountants. Google is training people with their own program to take the jobs that Google is hiring for. The world is changing. I, I endorse Bethel Tech, one of the top tech training online programs in the world, and I mean it. We have over 75 students right now enrolled, and they're coming out making 75 to 100 grand a year. It costs 15 grand. If you're a Ken Coleman Show listener, BethelTech.net, tell them I sent you. You know what a, a, a computer science degree will cost you at most schools? Six figures. But you can do it nine months online for 15. The world's changing right in front of you, folks. Wake up, parents. So here's three questions that I want you as parents, those of you who are thinking about school, maybe you're a young adult and you're thinking, I need a degree for my future. Which way am I going? Can we just determine where you want to go first and foremost? And then ask the question, is a degree the only way? Is a degree the best way? Answer those three questions. It'll save you a lot of time and a lot of money. So I talk to everybody, uh, I talk to people all the time on the, on the show, uh, like our last caller, where they they are so afraid that they won't take steps to cross the gap from where they are to where they want to be. And I know there's a lot of people listening and watching me right now. And simply put, when you look at your life, financially, professionally, relationally, you're here, that's where you are now, it's not where you want to be. And there is a desired future, and you see the gap, but you're not sure how to get across the gap, or maybe you don't even know what your desired future is. Maybe you know exactly what you want to do, but you've been overlooked recently, passed over for a promotion. You're dealing with fear. I'm afraid something bad's going to happen if I move forward. You're dealing with doubt. I don't believe that something good can happen if I move forward. Or you're dealing with pride. You're so worried about what other people in your life will say about you that you care more about that than what you believe about you. If that's you, you need to come to my career breakthrough event. This is a one-night event, intimate theaters. We just had our first one in Kansas City. It was amazing. I speak, and then I coach people in the crowd. We're taking live questions. People were standing up and volunteering to help other people who are asking questions. It was amazing. KenColeman.com slash events to get your tickets. Here are the cities and dates. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, May 18th. Dallas, May 23rd. Three more events. Bring a friend. Bring your spouse. We have a couple's discount. we got a VIP ticket to spend time with me early before the event. Uh, all details, KenColeman.com slash events. I'd love to see. If you need breakthrough, I'm going to teach on the formula. And then we'll take questions. It's just a, it's a powerful moment. People are there because they're hungry for a better future. Let's go to EJ, who's joining us now in Vallejo. I hope I'm saying that right. California. EJ, you're on the Ken Coleman Hello. Show. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure. You bet. Um, uh, the city's name is Vallejo, sir. Vallejo. All right. Yes, I'm, I think I'm hooked on phonics, but I clearly need to take a couple more classes. What's going on? Uh, well, um, long story short, sir, it's a pleasure to talk with you directly. Um, presently speaking, I work as a tutor here in Vallejo, and part of my thing is right now is I figure finding good work where I'm helping people will be a good opportunity for me to discover what my God-given call is. And, and you're struggling with that? Yes, sir. 
Struggling in which way? Let me give you two options. Struggling in that you have no ideas or struggling that you have some ideas but you're not quite sure how to pick the idea to know that it's the right thing. Second one, sir. That's what I thought. So what is it that seems to be the idea, the desired future that pops up most? Maybe there's two. What is it? If you had no fear and no doubt, you knew that if you pursued one of those, it was absolutely what you were put on this planet to do and you knew you'd be successful, you'd do it. Which are the What's the one or two? What is it? Talk to me. Hit me. Come on. One thing. You're, you're editing right now. Hey, listen. I cannot okay. help you. I cannot help you if you don't blurt it out. I don't want you to think. I want you to feel and say it. Now go. Say it. I'd say astronaut as well as creator. Okay. What would you create? I'd say labor-saving devices, things that can help people in my community, especially my close family, that I don't want them to want for anything. Okay, what do you mean by labor-saving device? I think I know what that means, but I want you to be specific. Well, for example, for me, because of the community that I lived in, there was a lot of tools that I didn't have available for me to do basic house chores. So because of that, I had to improvise about what I can do. Meanwhile, when there are buildup of chores, your loved ones who are looking after you aren't happy when there's a buildup of stuff, uh, chores to be done. Be more so specific. What do, what do you mean your community and you didn't have tools? I want you to be very specific because I want to make sure that we got an actual product here that is that is that is that is doable. What do you mean by this? Be more specific. Well, for example, say if you have a yard that's built up over time because the grass and vegetation grows really fast and it's hard for you to keep up with it with your busy work and school schedule. So if you had something to help save the time of which you can maintain your yard and still keep up with your work schedule. Well, they got those things. It's called a lawnmower. (laughs) You're absolutely right. That's true. But uh, the type of lawnmower I have is really old school, so it's kind really of lawn, hard for me to keep up. What kind of lawnmower would you invent then? Hmm. I guess similar category like the robotic vacuum cleaner, the ones where you can just put it on a certain setting and it automatically does the trimming for you. Okay, kind of like so how a vacuum cleaner automatically. Okay. So now I'm starting to get an idea into your head. You want to keep going further and further and further to where we're not riding the lawnmower. The lawnmower is doing everything for us. That's where, that's where the astronaut thing comes in, too. You're very scientific, very inventive. Is this true or false? Uh, yes, sir. Like, you think about the most, honestly, futuristic solution to a problem. I was being, I was being a smart aleck. But you're like, yeah, I know, doofus. I know that there are lawnmowers, but I want to do one where, like, you literally don't have to do anything at all. And that's that's yes, just you're about technology solutions to make life more efficient, easy, yada yada yada, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so here's the point: you're not limited to being an astronaut. So I want you to add more to the list. Can you be an astronaut? Well, I don't know. I don't know if you've got the grades. I mean, you got to be really proficient in math and science, right? I mean, like, really good at it. And there's a path. Find out. What are all the different paths to being an astronaut? What's it look like? Master's, Ph.D., what particular fields? Is it physics? You know, is it aeronautics? I mean, 
do your homework. What's that path look like for you? Can you do it? Would it take you a long time? Is it a long shot? Maybe, but what if I never make it as an astronaut, but I do all of the things that would allow me to be qualified to do an astronaut? Mm. Am I doing the things that I love to do along the path? Are you tracking with what I'm mm. saying, EJ? Yes, sir. So let's just take away titles for a minute, like astronaut and creator. What do you do best? Your words. Say it. I'd say communication. I have a thing for languages and talking to people. Like I can talk to complete strangers as if they were my friend from the, from back in the day. Okay, so is uh, the math and science side of your brain and this inventive side, do you have those skills? I'd say I had the grades for it. I relatively got A's and D's in most of my classes from high school to college. Yeah, well, my what, thing is, though... I, go ahead. Your, go th- ahead. your thing is what? My thing is, was I know I have an aptitude when it comes to language and communication, but I thought that I needed to fall back because, you know, the art industry isn't the most, um, it can be kind of volatile, in other words. So I figured science and STEM would be a good fallback option. Yeah, but you had me going, my friend. You flat out, you flat out confused me. You don't want to do STEM okay. work. What do you want to do? Who are the people you most want to help? I want to help people who are like me, people of, um, I want to be polite, but people who are the minority group come from uh, Africa, basically anybody who can relate to feeling like they don't fit in. Okay, so so immigrants, immigrants as well as uh, people that are impoverished, is that what you're saying? Uh, Yes, sir. Okay, now we got somewhere. And the way that you would help them high level is your communicative skills. Communicating things they need to know so that they can thrive, correct? Yes, sir. That's what you need to be doing. So here's your homework assignment. Who okay. is helping you? What are the services? Whether they be government, nonprofit, uh, uh, for-profit services. Who is providing the solutions or similar solutions maybe to other people groups? You've got to get a sense of the landscape. And so in order to figure out how I'm going to help people like me, I got to know who's helping people like me or who's helping people that may be of a different race or a different financial demographic, but they're still providing services. You got to get in that world and see what it's like, what it's involving. How can you bring your talent to the table? And you begin to see, oh, I'm good at communicating, connecting with people. And so I want to help this people group. And so I want to get them information, services, instruct them, guide them, advocate for them. Are you starting to understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. My friend, hang on the line. I'm going to give you my Get Clear Career Assessment, which will actually dial in with a purpose statement, your ideal job description. Hang on the line. We'll get you that in my book, From Paycheck to Purpose. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.